let's pretend that before he passed, my father gave me, oh, $100 million with one stipulation. I was to build the greatest greenhouse possible because he saw in me a green thumb. Now, he did not see in me a green thumb. We are pretending now. He also did not have $100 million. So I build the greenhouse according to his wishes. I research and research and research and build the best structure I can with the best glass that it, money can buy. And the temperature is totally controlled within a fraction of a degree Celsius or Fahrenheit. The humidity is perfect and the lighting is just as good as can be designed just for my greenhouse. The soil, I have agronomists researching the soil and I've got the best soil money can buy. And everything is perfect and I decide to grow flowers in this lovely greenhouse. So I call you and I ask you to help me plant and to help me collect some seed for my first planting. Now, you can get seed a lot of places. My dad religiously used a book called the Burpee Catalog. You know the Burpee Catalog? Any farmers in here? He loved it. But I don't want to look through a catalog and I don't want to get online so I ask you to go with me because I saw a nice patch of stuff there on 75 headed north near Cartersville. They're in the median. And I thought we would collect that and put it in my perfect greenhouse with the perfect soil. So there's some dandelion there and some ragweed and some thistle and and then I decide on the way home, I know where a good patch of kudzu is because I know that it grows well and I want you to go with me and get some kudzu for my state-of-the-art greenhouse. After we've done this and we're headed to the greenhouse to plant our crop, you begin to question me. I thought you wanted flowers. Then don't you think you should buy some flower seed? And I respond, do you have any idea how much they charge for those little bitty seeds? And delivery takes a long time and I don't want to wait any longer. I'm ready to plant and I want to plant now. A ridiculous illustration, I know, but it's pertinent in our lives. Everyone knows we reap what we sow. True? Yeah, it's true. It's easy to see that in a greenhouse. But we tend to forget that that's just as true in our hearts. Think of, uh, for a moment, of your heart as a greenhouse. It's a gift from your father. It's perfectly suited for growing. And like a greenhouse, your heart has to be managed. Your thoughts are the seeds, and some thoughts become flowers, and they're wonderful, and, well, other thoughts become weeds, don't they? 
Ever wonder why some people are always positive and optimistic and loving? Could it be that they've been sowing seeds of goodness in their heart since the day they started understanding the principle? Ever wonder why some have such a sour, glooming outlook? Could it be that they've sown bad seeds in their lives? I heard a story about a man coming home from the office at 6 o'clock and his wife met him at the door. For two hours, she chewed him out and complained, and he tried his best to cheer her up, but to no avail. And finally, he said, look, I'm going to go outside, and let's just start over. You ever started over? I want a mulligan for this last two hours. I'm going to go out, come back in. He goes out, comes in the door. She looks at him and says, it's 8 o'clock. Shouldn't you have called? You're two hours late. (laughs) She was reaping a harvest of bad thoughts. I remember buying a piece of jewelry for Jeannie. We were first married in Aberdeen, Mississippi and Buxton's Music and Jewelry. And I want, it was our first Christmas, I think, and I wanted to make sure that I had something nice and I was holding something in my hand and I asked Mr. Buxton, do you think this will make her happy? Because I was concerned about my wife's happiness. Still am, by the way, even after 36 years. But will will this make her happy? And a lady, and I think I've told this before because this had such impact in my life, Margaret standing behind me said, oh, in a few years you won't care. She's been married a long time, Margaret had. And all of a sudden I began to feel very sorry for her husband. (laughs) She was sowing bad, bad weeds in her greenhouse. Weedy thoughts pop out, don't they? This week in our neighborhood, we have a townhome, and through HOA, we got a new roof. And our, it's a tall, there's three floors, and it's, it's up there. So they sent us emails, we'll be there, have your cars out, we're coming, we'll do it in a day. And I thought, my, that's ambitious. There's four of ours connected. They're going to do all four of them in one day. And they got there early and they started. And I came to the office and got home. And they were about 8 o'clock that night, they were still finishing up. It was amazing. I started talking to some of the guys that could understand me. And they said, I said, does anybody ever complain? They said, well, all the time. They complain about the noise and the mess and they have to park their trucks in certain places. And I said, next time they complain, why don't you just get off their roof and hand them a hammer and say, okay, go do your own roof. I was thankful that day that I didn't have to climb the ladder. I didn't have to carry the shingles because I've done those things and God delivered me from that. Thank you. And I don't have to do anything like that anymore. And some people complain. So the key scripture we want to look at today will help us in our thought life, in our heart, in our greenhouse. It's Proverbs chapter 4, beginning at verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. You like that part, healing to the whole body? It's true. 
Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech, listening to it. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Great words from Proverbs 4. In the Old Testament and in the New, let me define heart. The word heart means your intellect, your emotions, your will. It's really your spirit, your mind, your soul. It's all of you. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18 through 19? The words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. And I'm pointing to the heart, but Jesus is talking about all of you, your mind and your decision-making and your will, your intellect. Today, we really might define heart as your control center, your command center, mission control. And our focus is on verse 23 of chapter 4. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That is true. One modern translation puts it this way. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Ever seen someone give up? They don't last long. Your thoughts run your life. I read this illustration recently and I think it's perfect. Suppose I ask you to take care of my house while I'm on vacation. Two weeks, I'm gone. You pledge to keep everything in great shape. It'll be better when you come home than when you left. But when I return, I find the place in shambles. The carpet is torn. The walls are filled with holes. The furniture is smashed. The windows are just torn up. And your explanation is not very good. You explained to me, well, David, some fugitives came and they needed a place to hide. And a rugby team needed a place for their party. And then there was that fraternity that got kicked off of campus and they needed a place for their rave. And it was only a few days. As the owner, I've got a question. Don't you know how to say no? This house is not yours. You don't have the right to let everyone that wants to enter in here. Do you ever think God wants to say the same thing to us about our bodies and about our heart and about our spirit and about our mind? We don't have the right to allow things in that sometimes we allow in. Remember the children's song, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you hear, be careful little hands what you touch, uh, little feet where you go. I think it might have come from Proverbs chapter 4. Ears are covered in verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Eyes are covered in verse 21 and in verse 25. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Look straight ahead, verse 25, and fix your eyes on what lies before you. 
The mouth is covered in verse 24. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Feet are covered in verses 26 and 27. Make out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. They're all there. So how do we do this? We do it by verse 23. By guarding our hearts. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. One question you should ask, and hopefully all of us in this room are Christians today. If you are, you know the answer to the question, who does my heart belong to? Who does it belong to? Did you give it to Jesus? Is it his to do with as he will, as we talked with a couple of weeks ago, him being the potter, we being the clay? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself. That is true. And that should encourage us to take better care and be very guarded about what we let in because we've decided as Christians to give it to God, our house, our greenhouse, our life. We have to be careful to whom we open the door. Anger shows up, and if we let him in, bad seeds are sown and we're eaten up. Hatred needs a place to stay, and we pull up a chair, and it takes root here. Worry comes in and says, can I please lean against you and all of a sudden, those roots go deep. Jealousy wants to visit, so we let him in. Lust rings the bell, and so we say, come on. And all of these things, we bring these bad seeds into our house, and we pay consequences because we reap what we sown. If we're not careful, the wrong kind of things can take over our greenhouse. Let's look for, at a few examples of a guarded heart and then unguarded as well. I love Jesus' example and it helps me look at this story that seems a little harsh at first until you understand what Jesus is doing. In Matthew 16, beginning at verse 21, getting towards the end of his time on earth, from then on Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the, leader, the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he'd be raised from the dead. So Jesus is preparing his disciples for that. Verse 22. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. It sounds like something Peter would do, doesn't it? Jesus turned to Peter and said, and this is the harsh part that maybe you've had trouble understanding. Get thee away from me, Satan. He called Peter the devil because Peter was being an instrument of the devil at that moment. You're a dangerous trap to me, Jesus says. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. But Jesus saw the danger of what Peter was doing. 
Peter could have sown seeds in Jesus' life that, you know, maybe there's another way. Maybe there's a plan B that the Father didn't think about. Maybe we should. But Jesus did not allow that to happen. He fought strongly and used strong terms against Peter that he loved so much because he was planting seeds that should never have been planted. Jesus knew what he had to do. We have to guard our hearts from opportunities. When I was in college, I played the guitar a lot, and I had an opportunity to go and play at this place in Columbus, Mississippi called The Depot, and to make good money, and The Depot was a, kind of a bar, not kind of, it was a bar, and that's what it was, and I had to begin to think in myself, is that where I should be on the weekend? And it was good money, but I had to say no. I couldn't do it. When I was in seminary in Louisville, there was a man that was very wealthy that wanted me to open up a woodworking store with him. And I love woodworking, but it wasn't what God called me to do. And so we're always tested with things to try to get us off of the path. And we have to see, well, God, what is it you want me to do? I suppose I learned this verse that contains such great truth across the street as a child. It's a Bible school verse. Psalms 119, verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So we have to make sure that his word is in our heart to keep the seeds right. And the weeds out. Unfortunately, we all have stories when we did not guard our heart. Several years ago, I met with a man, a straying husband that knew better than what he had done. And he used the exact, these exact words. He looked at me and said, David, I did not guard my heart. And it was too late. The damage had been done. And the consequences were devastating to a family and a community. And two churches. I did not guard my heart. You remember this story from 2 Samuel 11 about David's fall. In the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. And as he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Instead of turning away and not looking, he sent someone to find out who she was. Was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. You know the rest of the story. He didn't guard his heart. He didn't guard his eyes. He didn't guard his mind. He didn't guard his feet. And all of a sudden, the greenhouse is full of weeds. There are so many examples. We're going to pick this up in a couple of weeks and continue about guarding our heart. Next week, we talk about our nation. But today, I want to encourage you to guard your heart. It affects everything you do. 
If you've messed up royally, Ben, I'm going to skip a scripture. I'm going to Psalms 51. If you've messed up royally, let me share with you a beautiful prayer that David wrote after his failure with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out all my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's washing out the greenhouse, isn't it? For I know my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, and when my mother conceived me, you desired the truth and the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, I shall be clean. Wash me, I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. And then verse 10 that we sing about sometimes. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit in me. No matter where our greenhouse is, God can take care of it. No matter what we have sown, he can help us get through it and to change it and to make it into something beautiful. We could all testify to that, couldn't we? Let's pray together. Lord God, help us to hide your word in our hearts so we don't sin against you. Create a clean heart in us, O oh God, and put a right spirit within us. Teach us wisdom for our secret heart. Father, it is our prayer today that we would pay attention to what you say, to your words that we wouldn't lose sight of them, but they'd penetrate deep into our heart because they will bring life and healing to our whole body. Let us guard our hearts. Let us avoid perverse talk and corrupt speech. Let us look straight ahead and fix our eyes on you. Make a straight path for us. Help us to not get sidetracked. Father, thank you for your word that encourages us. Thank you for the examples around us that encourage us. And Father, in our thought lives, whatever is going on in our lives, help us to guard our hearts. And you have told us how. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you have the best holiday week that you pray for your country, that you pray for your church, that you guard your heart. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.